0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Malt House Games Podcast. This is episode number 84. My name is Delton, I'll be your host today, and with me as usual is my lovely wife and yellow player, Haley.
1: And I keep listening for the spooky intro, still.
0: Not I even I was... the Santa one?
1: No, I just keep listening for the spooky one. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's just like a pitch changed thing.
1: Like, I keep having my shoulders rise up like in anticipation for the spooky music, and then Mm -hmm. it doesn't come, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm safe.
0: Well, the good thing is I saved it, so later this year (gasps) we can bring back the spooky music.
1: Someone made a pitch on Twitter earlier that we should change uh, Valentine's Day into a second Halloween, so just throwing that
0: out there. Why? (laughs) I don't get it. Too spooky, too furious. I guess. Well, welcome to the Moth House Games Podcast. We are a podcast all about board games, tabletop games, card games, role-playing games, things of that sort. And we also drink beer on almost every episode. Speaking of beer, let's get to the first one. This is from Twisted Spike Brewing Co. here in Oklahoma City, and this is their beer called Crew. It is a Kolsch-style lager. It says, clean, crisp, and delicately balanced. Kolsch-style lager. I guess that was a sentence. I didn't realize it by the way the fonts laid out. Very subtle fruit and hop character. Brilliant clarity with a creamy white head. It is 4.8% alcohol by volume with a 27 IBU. Shout
1: out to Jim Wynn and Cody for the Christmas beer. Oh, and shout out to Delton for having the beer explode on his pants.
0: So the beer started foaming. (laughs) I didn't want to get it in the floor
1: because (laughs) rug.
0: my leg is so cold. (laughs) Oh God, it's running down my underwear now. Uh, Jesus. The rug is under my drum set. We used to record over the rug basically, but the rug is under my drum set because it is a drum rug. It's made for a drum set to sit on and not move. Uh, And the beer just started foaming the minute I opened it. And it's everywhere (sighs) on my pants, but I caught it in my pajamas and let it soak down into my leg. I don't know if that's adaptive
1: or maladaptive. I haven't decided yet.
0: It's got a little on my chair, but like all in all, it's right here, located on my thigh.
1: Yeah, it is. I,
0: I, I mean, it smells good, <laughs> and the fo- the foam's good.
1: I hope that sound made it on.
0: <laughs> I yeah, will see if it edits out.
1: <laughs> don't edit it out. It was amazing. It was like a cartoon.
0: They said a creamy head. This head is not stopping. Like it just blew up in my like it blew up in my pants. All the creamy head. <laughs> That's uh,
1: we're, we're definitely milking the hell out of that explicit warning today. Not even five minutes into the podcast, uh,
0: PG fourteen at best. <laughs> it's
1: not it's not even pure enough for thirteen. I,
0: there's so much head on these, I can't tell which one's more full. I get that one. So so that's got more. Here, take the can from me. Don't crush it. I know you never have before, but I have, and I just wanted to preface that.
1: But then we had to do, got to do the sweet ad that said crushed it. Episode 69.
0: God, I almost dropped that with you trying to take it from me. <sighs> All right. Let's, well,
1: this is off to a great it's start. <laughs> it's off to a great
0: start today. Uh, it's a very pea colored beer. <laughs> it's got that, like, nice, like a, like a hazy lemonade color to it with a good amount of bubbles, and the head is still there. Great head retention. It smells good. It has the smell of a very German style of beer, which is what a Kolsch is.
1: It's coriandery.
0: There is coriander in here. There's probably going to be hints of orange peel is my guess. Yep. Mm. This reminds me of a Belgian, like a Belgian wit or something.
1: And it gives you a glorious mustache when you drink it because the head is so large and fluffy.
0: That's a good, clean, crisp beer, though. Mm -hmm. I wasn't expecting it to be so, like, refreshingly clean. I mean, 4.8% alcohol, so it's not going to be anything too heavy. But it's just got a nice, like, this is a good summer beer.
1: It's very crispy.
0: It's very crisp, it's cool, the mouth feels nice, it foams up a little bit, but it goes away after you swallow.
1: See, I would think of this to be like a late September, early October beer, where it's still some warm days, but you're starting to get like the heaviness of fall, Mm -hmm. because this has, this is not like one of those beers that you drink for a refreshing crisp. This is like, I want it to be lighter because it's still warmer outside, but it's not Mm -hmm. as refreshing as like um, one of the Mexican style lagers or like... An IPA.
0: Yeah. Like a nice bright IPA. Yes. I could see that, but it's very good. Very good. That's a uh, Crew from Twisted Spike Brewing Co.
1: A plus. So, Dalton, what have you done since last week? I know what I've done since last week.
0: What have you done?
1: I spent four hours making a PowerPoint slide today.
0: That's a long time for a PowerPoint slide.
1: And that's not even including the research. I had already done two hours of research on it. It's like... Jeez. Every time I get like this desire to go back to college to learn something new, I just need to sign up to do a free presentation and that nips it in the bud
0: completely. You realize how much you don't miss that?
1: I realize how much I don't miss that. I'm not 22 years old anymore and can stay up till like four in the morning and then go to work the next day. I work four hours straight and I'm tired.
0: Yeah, you can barely make it to 11 at night.
1: I cannot. And, like, you were wanting to record this at, like, Mm -hmm. 11 o'clock tonight after you're done playing games. I would not have made it very well.
0: That's fair. But I understand.
1: So, yeah, made a PowerPoint, doing a presentation in a couple of weeks on the psychology of suffering, which is fun. Yay. Not really fun, but it was fun to me. And then also worked a lot. We have a big project at work. And for therapists in Oklahoma, it's going to be a pretty cool deal we got. So I'm excited about that. It's exciting. And then I've been studying German. I've only allowed myself to read news articles in German this week to keep myself from... I I tend to doom scroll. I tend to overread. I tend to stress myself out with the news. And so if I read it in German, then I'm focused more on the German. And also I read it slower so I can read less. I don't doom scroll as much.
0: Just don't read it at all. That's my approach.
1: Well, got to stay informed. It's my duty.
0: I inform myself about what beer we're having, how dinner's going to go, what the sky looks like.
1: How dinner's going to go.
0: That's enough for me.
1: How dinner's going to go.
0: Yeah. We talked about how dinner was going to go, and then I walked Margie while you cooked dinner because you love me and I love <laughs> you, so I walked Margie <laughs> for you since you walked her the rest of the day.
1: So I don't know if we ever talked about how uh, choosing dinner goes in this household.
0: I'm sure we have at some point. It's basically me saying I don't know to everything because nothing sounds good and then Haley getting frustrated and that's basically it.
1: So basically I have to give him like two choices and then he has to choose from those two choices.
0: Or I, for some reason, have something I really want to make like our tofu last night.
1: Yeah, he gets a little spunky every once in a while. He made a double fried Korean style tofu with a sweet glaze and it was delicious.
0: A sweet spicy glaze. Sweet and spicy. Some heavy turmeric broccoli and white rice and it was fan freaking tastic. Double fry is the way to go on tofu, especially with that uh, potato starch. Mm -hmm. Oh, goodness gracious, it's so good. I want it right now.
1: Same here. What did you do this week, Delty-Poo?
0: I didn't do a whole lot the past two weeks. I've played some games online, played some video games, watched some TV, all that jazz. I get a root canal next week. Not a root canal, I get a crown put on next week because I cracked one of my onlays that I got like two years ago, whatever that was, Uh, So I got to get that fixed.
1: Not because you inherited the throne, but because
0: you cracked your tooth. Because I cracked my tooth and I cracked the thing and it came out with a piece of candy. And then I put it back in after I cleaned the hole. And it's good. The doc, like the dentist said, it's in there. I don't know how, but it's in there really well. He's like, so that candy must have pulled just right, but I got to go in next week and get it taken care of. So that's kind of a womp womp.
1: I refrained so much Mm -hmm. from so many, that's what she said. I know you did. I know you did. You can tell by my eyebrows every time you say something.
0: I just don't look at you because I don't encourage it. (laughs) That way we can move through with the podcast and not deal with that crap. That's how I look at it.
1: Speaking of moving on through, what is our game today?
0: Oh, here's the door. Uh, uh, It's straight ahead. It's it's a game. I tweeted about this today, which is January 22nd. As of, I guess the release of this will be the 24th. So. That tells you when we record on Friday night. but We've been doing
1: really good lately on recording on Friday nights, not Sunday mornings.
0: It's much better. It's much better because it gives me time tonight, tomorrow morning, and Sunday morning if I want to do edit stuff. So, like, tomorrow morning, I'll probably take the photos for, like, our social media ad. I call it an ad, even though it's not really. I'll take the photos probably tomorrow, maybe do a little editing before I go hang out with Brian, and then Sunday, I'll finish it all up Sunday morning, which is my normal routine. Hell yeah. So, the game today... (laughs) We are finally tackling Lizboa. Now, Lizboa is a game designed by Vital Lacerda. Vital Lacerda is very much known for his very integrated but very complex board games. Most notably is going to be Lizboa, On Mars, Kanban, Vinhos, and The Gallerist. Those are the big ones, and I don't know, I think he's got more, but those are the ones that he's most known for, especially, I would probably say, Vinhos and The Gallerist. The illustrations, graphic design, and 3D illustrations are all done by Ian O'Toole, who I continue to say a lot is one of my favorite in the industry uh, in terms of artwork. I just think he's fantastic. Head of development is Paul Incal. Lead developers is Julian Pombo and Nils Erdahl. The rulebook was all Vital Lacerda. And the English rules editing is Nathan Morse. If you want to watch an official rules video, You can watch Gaming Rules on YouTube, which is a guy named Paul Grogan. I believe he's out of the UK. He has very good rules videos, um, but the rulebook actually states that he's the official rules video for the game, which is really cool. So in Lisboa, it is a one to four player game. It estimates 30 minutes per player, which I think, if you know the game well, is achievable. Not your first play. No. Definitely not your first play.
1: Maybe like our demo at Gen Con in 2017, but not your first play.
0: I'm going to do a real quick skim read of what the game's about because I would butcher it, and it's actually based on a historical thing. On November 1st, 1755, on All Saints Day, Lisboa, which is another name for Lisbon in Portugal, Lisboa suffered an earthquake of an estimated magnitude of an eight and a half to nine followed by a tsunami and three days of fires. This is all legitimate history here. The city was almost completely destroyed. It says the Marquis of Pombal, Sebastio José de e. e Melo. My Spanish is really rusty. My Spanish just pronunciation of names. Portuguese. That's true, Portuguese. Uh, Was the prime minister at the time, and the king put him in charge of reconstruction of Lisboa. Basically, they started putting efforts in. December 4th, 1755, a little month after uh, there was a chief engineer, Manuel de Maya, presented his plans to rebuild Lisboa, and he had five options. One of them was ab- abandoning the city altogether. It was so bad. Uh, basically, in less than a year, the city was cleared of debris. The king wanted to have a new, perfectly ordered city. He commissioned construction of big squares, straight, large avenues and widened streets with related types of businesses as if each street has its, had its own motto.
1: Now tell me again why I-35 has been under construction since 2010.
0: <laughs> right. Tell me. <laughs> this says the game of Lis- Lisboa is set over a span of 22 years, which is how long it took to rebuild the city from what it once was.
1: I mean, we're on track for that.
0: We are on track for that. But that's kind of the history. It goes into a little bit more detail than that. Um, I just kind of skipped over some of that for the sake of uh, time on the podcast. Anyway. Basically, yes, you are in Lisboa, and you are helping to rebuild the city. Lisboa is probably, I'm going to state, the most complex game we've played. Yes. Not that it's the most difficult game we've played, but it is by far the most complex.
1: There are a lot of moving parts, and dare I say, I didn't like it.
0: Haley was not a fan. I enjoyed the game because of the puzzle it presented, but I get it.
1: See, the first time that we attempted to play it was in 2017. Yes. we went Gen to Con 50. Gen Con 50. We went to a booth and they were demoing it. It had just come out. And I gave it the benefit of the doubt after that because whenever I did try to demo it, it was the last day of Gen Con. I was super dehydrated. My head was hurting like crazy. And I just looked at Delton and I said, I can't do this. So we left like halfway through the demo that had already taken about 25 minutes. And so whenever we went to play it this time, like I actually picked it out last Saturday to play. I was like, hey, let's go ahead and play this one. It's the biggest one on the shelf." It was like
0: a- noon. We were awake. We
1: were awake. <laughs> it was Saturday. I was caffeinated, motivated, ready to be educated on Lisboa. Like yep. I was ready. Yep. And I was like, okay, I know I had a headache last time. Let's give it another shot. And I didn't like it. I, I felt like it was complicated for complicated sake. And now I do like complicated games. Like I like Twilight Imperium. I like Twilight Struggle. I like Euro games. I like games that take three and four hours. Like, I can sit and pay attention. I like them. I win at them, just saying. I just thought this one was complicated just for the sake of being complicated. Now, if you like games like that, that is fine. I just didn't like it, and I won. But I didn't like it.
0: You did win. It was only by, what, 12 or 13 points? Yeah.
1: And not to say that me winning says anything, but, like, I'm not being a sore loser because I actually won the game. She did. I just didn't like it like yeah and for me like I want a game to be complicated but engaging and enjoyable and the whole time we are having to refer to the rules refer to our player cards figuring out okay does this link here does this connect here and I don't mind doing that for maybe the first two or three rounds but if it's the last round of the game and we are still referring to the rule book and the game is two and a half hours in that that makes for me it's it's complicated just for the sake of being complicated
0: and i completely understand that this game doesn't have Haley said a rules card it has a rules booklet that's like eight pages
1: it's larger than your average rule book and it is the <sighs> player guide. and
0: it's the little player guide that you get and i had to reference the full-size rule book a couple of times but all in all what makes this game so complex is that its play structure is built as a pyramid is the way i liked to phrase it On your turn, so you have a hand of five cards. You both have a hand of five cards, and you're going to forever have that hand of five cards because you'll play one and then draw up at the end. So on your turn, you you play a card. That's the simplest way to look at it. Now, you can either play a noble card or a treasury card. Each of those kind of does different things, but now here's where the game starts to spider. So first, you can play a card. Now, there's two options. Are you playing a noble card or are you playing a treasury card? Now, each of those options have, are you putting it in your portfolio or are you playing it into the like office of the mayor or whatever? So those both have now split. When you play it in your portfolio, it triggers several different things to happen. When you play it in the like office, or I can't think of what it was called, seeing the king, basically like the rulers, whatever. It was like
1: the office or court or something like, like that. Like the
0: government building, I don't know. Maybe it was the court. When you play the card there, You then have the choice of, okay, well, now I've got this person that I'm going to visit. That person lets me do this, or optionally this, and then I have to do this, and that can then make me do this, 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 and everything spiders out from there. So every single action you take in this game has another action or two that it can, like, have happen. Those actions can have one or two or three things that can have happen. Those actions then trigger three or four different things, and it just keeps going, And it's something that I actually had a decent amount of fun figuring out how to string things most efficiently because I enjoyed when you play a boat. You play a boat that you can use to sell goods into your player board. When it plays, you are able to raise the treasury of Lisboa and it allows you to then score influence points, which you have to pay to go see the people in the office. So you do all that. Then, since you played the boat, after you resolve the boat itself's abilities, you then have the option to either sell goods or visit one of the people in the office. Then you go visit the person in the office. Well, now he has two options. You can pay for either one or both of those options if you want to perform those actions. Those actions then lead to this. And finding ways to chain things the most efficient way was like an interesting puzzle for me.
1: And see, I like chaining. I like, because you know me, like I even said when we were playing Lisboa, I typically have two to three rounds planned out by yeah. the time it's my turn. So I can go ahead and play and I know what I'm going to do the next two or three rounds or have an idea. Like sometimes you can throw a wrench in things. But I just felt like there was too much to chain together. And like it, it yeah. didn't make sense as we didn't even touch part of the board for most of the game.
0: The, the reconstruction side, that's like the critical part. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. like I mean, we
1: still got high scores and everything, but like there was so much to take into consideration. Mm-hmm. I just, I felt like some of them could have been tied together or streamlined. Like, some of those could have been grouped together. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how. I'm not a not a game designer, just a part-time one to be continued. But <laughs> I, I'm not a designer, and, of course, you know, I, I couldn't design anything like this. I just felt like it was a little more convoluted than what it needed to be.
0: And I understand that.
1: Which is fine. And like I said, if, if anyone else likes this game, that is awesome. It is a good game. It's a very well-made game. It is awesome how much he chained together the artwork is beautiful i just didn't like it
0: and i think that's one thing to be said about it is it's not that the reason you didn't like it was because it was a bad game and things were so you know things were hectic and they didn't make any sense that they chained the chains all made sense as to what was happening and how it happened it was just too much for the sake of what you're achieving
1: yes that was my thing
0: yeah and i understand that completely because it is it's a lot like you're like all right how do i make money well, first you got to have a boat to make money. You're like, "Okay, I got to get a boat. How do I get a boat?" All right, now you got to do these three things and you're like, "Shit, okay, it's expanding." And everything you wanted to do, you had to take a path to get there and that path was all over the place depending on how you were set up. If you had your little extra tokens that allowed you to take a kind of an action on another player's turn, essentially. Uh that kind of stuff. Now, one thing I liked about the game is I have the deluxe edition. I don't know if they make a non-deluxe edition cuz Eagle Griffin Games is the one who publishes it, and it's one of their big box Lacerda games. It
1: weighs 45 pounds.
0: I really want to get the Kanban version because the artwork is gorgeous, and I've really enjoyed Kanban.
1: Also weighs 45 pounds.
0: Now, I don't think we've done Kanban on the podcast, have we? No, we haven't. I see it on there. We need to do Kanban because that'll be the second uh, Vital Lacerda game we compare, but we need to get the better version because we need to compare it of equal quality cardboard. Do it. Do we? We just need to play it with the
1: mean boss instead of the nice boss.
0: No. But in Kanban, actions chain together as well. They just don't go as far, and there's not as many options that seem to do minor things.
1: And I liked Kanban. Yeah. I don't remember who won Kanban. It's been too long since we played it.
0: I think it was me. I remember having a very streamlined engine You really did. Going on. Look it up. I'm not going to look it up right now, but...
1: You just don't want me to have one.
0: That's also true, because you won at Lisboa. <laughs> but this game really is that way. So, like I said, you play a card. It can either be a noble or a treasury card. Those have their own actions that they do just playing them. Then, like, the card itself has actions, and then playing a card has actions. Everything ties together, but the big crux of the game that we felt like we didn't touch as much was actually building new buildings in the city.
1: Our Lisboa would have been the I-35 Lisboas.
0: It would have taken forever. Basically, you build things on the city side of the board. You have to pay. You remove some rubble cubes. Those cubes allow you to do other stuff. It all chains more stuff together. But that's how you are able to produce goods that you can sell. Every time you sell goods, and this is something I kind of liked about the game. Every time you sell goods, the value of that good now goes down because there's more on the market. They never go back up. You are rebuilding a city after all. So more and more goods are going to start being produced as you fix things, which means there's not going to be as much need for those things because it's supply and demand. It's there's more CBD and more and more supply. It's a CBD shop or a freaking dispensary. <laughs> and I really enjoyed that about that because it made you say, okay, if I sell this early, I can get a lot of money. Yeah. Late, I'm going to have to sell three or four just to make the same as I made as one in the beginning of the game.
1: That is how I made my fortune.
0: That is how you made a lot of money. But it's a really interesting game. I liked it. I would like to play it again, but Haley not being a fan, I'm going to have to find somebody that enjoys it more. Not that you wouldn't play it with me, but it's one of those games that if I could find someone that also is fairly new at it, like me, so I don't get crushed, but wants to play through it, I think that would be probably when I get to really sit down and dig in again, because I don't want to force you to play something you're not super happy with.
1: But see, even though I didn't like the game, I really liked the experience. Hey,
0: what can I get you? I'd like a topic.
1: Any special way?
0: Make it a top shelf topic.
1: Coming up. Enjoy. So our topic for today's episode is enjoying the experience when you don't enjoy the game. But before we get started, can we please have another beer?
0: We sure can. The second beer for this episode is from Prairie Artisan Ales, who we've had some of their beers on the show. This is Punch, a sour ale with blackberry, cherry, and lime. Uh, it's got an adorable can with weird birds. There are birds attacking a person, knocked their popcorn over. They're on the beach. They're like seagulls, except they're <laughs> short, fat little seagulls with <laughs> tiny beaks.
1: They really are. It's so cute. What
0: the heck? Uh,
1: oh, my God. They're like penguin seagulls. Yeah, look. Look how cute that is. Oh, my God. Look at that one with the flower in its hair. Or its feathers. Whatever it is. It's yeah, It looks darling. like it's a flower on
0: his head, but it's kind of on his shoulder. But it's, Yeah.
1: What a pretty little princess. And as Delton is opening the beer, I would just like us to all admire Margie. She is curled up. Her little head is tucked onto her paws. She looks like a little bean curled up on her dog. She
0: looks like a fat bean.
1: She is a cooked bean. She is plump. She is full of liquid.
0: I will forever body shame my pets because they don't understand.
1: That looks like blood. Yeah, that beer totally looks like blood. Also, you got like a lot more
0: than I did. You get more on the last one, it's fine. This beer is 5% alcohol by volume, so these are about the same. This really does look like like a juice, a little bit of a hazy juice. It smells sour. I can, oh, gave me the wrinklies. You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. I'm gonna call them the wrinklies, because everybody understands when you smell something (laughs) sour, you get the wrinklies.
1: Even the foam is pink and red. It looks like a bath bomb. Looks like a lush bath bomb was thrown into a glass.
0: This is a box of juice. This is a juice box. This is an adult juice box.
1: It's sour.
0: It's very sour. Holy nuts. It's very berry.
1: It tastes like a raspberry. It does. It's like raspberry juice. You don't taste alcohol. It's like somebody took a bunch of raspberries and squished them and put it in some carbonation. It tastes like a raspberry juice.
0: It does. It's nice and tart, but it's honestly this is not as tart or sour as I expected. Like, you acted like it was super, super sour, but I know we've had more sour beers on the podcast. Also
1: because you were like, this is so, this is juice. And I tasted it thinking it's going to be sweet. And oh. then I was like, <laughs> it's like whatever you go to drink, uh-huh, you uh-huh. think you're going to drink milk, uh-huh. but it's really fruit punch. You're like, uh, not bad, but that was unexpected. When I
0: have a red Gatorade and I take a drink of my friends by accident and his was a blue Gatorade and you're just like, bleh, disgusting. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so for a hot second, like, it's really good. But for a hot second, my brain did not compute what I was drinking.
0: It is very good. It's very tame for a sour. I really like that. So, yes, for the topic today, we have enjoying the experience.
1: I know we've talked about something similar. Like, uh, we talked about playing games that you don't like or that you hate and still having fun. But we want to take this a little differently. So, when it comes to board games, like, it could be a game that you hate or it could be a game you're not in the mood for. For example, if you are in the mood for something really thinky and someone busts out, I don't know, patchwork for the third time in a row, or if you're in the mood for something like Patchwork that's short, sweet, to the point, and someone wants to play Twilight Imperium, how do you have fun whenever you're not enjoying the game?
0: It's a really tough one, and we've talked some about it before, like yeah. you said, but we talked more about, like you said, trying to enjoy the game, have fun at the game, not necessarily the full experience, which is a, a small difference, but a difference.
1: Yeah, because like, for example, Lisboa, it's a great game. I didn't like it. I was there for three and a half hours learning rules and all. But I had a really fun experience still. Like, if Delton were to say, hey, let's play Lisboa again, uh, I'll really like Lisboa. But I had such a great experience with Delton that I, I would play it again.
0: So what makes that experience great? Like, what was it? Aside from me checking the rule books every four seconds
1: and,
0: you know, whatnot, like, what was it about the experience that you still got enough enjoyment from trying this out? I mean, maybe that's part of it, the first time experience of a game, Mm -hmm. even if you find you don't like it, that first time, like, inquisitive nature that you have going into something, is that maybe part of what led to you having a good experience with Lisboa?
1: For me, like, yes, it is the inquisitive part, like, going into it, trying to learn something new, even whenever I got stuck or I started to not like it, not letting those thoughts take over. Because in those moments, it's easy to be like, oh, this game sucks. Oh my God, we're almost, done. we're almost like halfway done. Oh my God, I still have an hour and a half left of this game. It's really easy for those thoughts to take over. So instead, really focusing on, okay, well, I've made it this far. I'm this far ahead. Or I'm almost up to Delton, focusing on what's going right, focusing on learning new things, but really focusing on, on you. you no, know, I had a conversation with you throughout. We made jokes we uh we talked about the pieces, we talked about the concept of the game, not necessarily the game. But we, we still were engaged with each other, not necessarily the whole time we were engaged with the game.
0: I think that I think I see what you're saying. It's not it's more about the people you're playing with at that point than the game.
1: Yes. It's like you can go into a game, and like be hyper focused on the game, and I was. Like I was it wasn't like I like cut off from the game and started derping around on my phone or derping yeah. around with Delton. Like I was still engaged with the game. But even though I was mentally engaged with the game and like physically, like I'm, I'm following the rules, I'm trying to play my hand, my emotions and my thought process was more focused on you. What are you doing? How can I have fun with you? What can I talk to you about while, while we're waiting on each other's turns or while you're looking something up? What can I do to have fun? Can I make us snacks? Can I bring us drinks? And so it's making the game experience fun even if I'm not enjoying the game.
0: I understand that. It's like, kind of like watching a movie you don't enjoy. You know, you go to a theater and you find out you're not really enjoying this movie. Well, what do you do? Let's go get some new candy, refill our popcorn, get us a big fat freaking slushy, or icy or whatever. I call them slushies because I've done that forever. Um, and then you go sit in your th- your seat and you have a great time enjoying the movie experience. Is it kind of comparable to that?
1: Yeah, because like when we were playing, I I realized an hour in, I even vocalized to you, I was not enjoying it. Yeah, and like, and I felt bad because Delton. You no, know, asked if I wanted to quit. And I was like, no, I don't want to quit because just because I was not enjoying the game, it doesn't mean I wanted to leave the experience. And like, it, it's sometimes hard, I know, but not to focus on what you're not enjoying, but focusing on what you are enjoying. Mm-hmm. And so in that moment, like, what we did was I made little little cheesy snacks for us to eat. Those are so good. Vegan cheesy snacks. So I was able to get up, put those in the oven, focus on those. We ate those in our downtime. We had some, we had a drink. I think we had a beer or something like that. And we, we joked between it. And so really my attention and my enjoyment focus from the game changed focus from the game to the Delton.
0: Yeah, I think that works out. I think that helps. Yeah. One, one thing that I tend to like that this game does well, I think, if you if you're paying attention to it, is giving you a singular goal or a target that's very easy to achieve can help me... Keep included and keep at it. I know I talked about this before, but like you can give yourself a small goal. I'm going to try to beat my score last time. But in this game, I liked the... I can't think of what they're called, but they're essentially end-of-game the scoring. Mm-hmm. Remember, we played a mode where we both got one in the beginning of the game. Right. That gave us something to try and achieve, was I'm going to try to max these points on this card. You gathered a bunch of those at the end of the game, which shot you above me. I only had a couple, but I liked having those because those said, okay, because you choose them. You have a board of like eight or 12 And you say, okay, I'm going to take this one and then you can get more as the game progresses. But you can say, this is what I'm going to go for. I'm just going to go for points off this thing and see how many I can get. I feel like that keeps you directed and can help keep you focused when all this stuff is going on in this game. Tons of things, all these rules, all this. All I care about is putting more buildings on the north side of the city. Like that could be your whole goal. And I feel like that's a good thing to keep people engaged and occupied with Playing the game, having the experience, and trying to to, to to find an outlet to keep positive.
1: Yeah. Because if you find that you're not liking a game 30 minutes in, one, if you focus on your negative thoughts, you're going to ruin the entire rest of the game. Like, if you if 30 minutes in, you're like, I don't like this, I'm falling behind, and you just like switch and focus on what you're not liking or disengage from the game, for the rest of the hour and a half and two hours, you're going to have a miserable time. So you might as well try and stay engaged, see if it changes its tune. Or try to engage with the other person. Try to make it more of the experience rather than the game. Because that's really what it is. Like, We can sit down and play Monopoly and have a good experience. It's just making sure that we're focusing on what's helpful, what's fun, rather than what we don't like.
0: Yeah. I think that makes sense. I think that's that's kind of about it for that. It's, it's making yourself acknowledge the good that you can find and focusing on amplifying that.
1: Enjoy the experience whether or not you enjoy
0: the game. With that being said, let's move to the question and close this episode out. And now, join us for a Malt House Games Podcast Special, High Size Question. So, for the question today, we decided to take a positive outlook, kind of from the topic, Haley had this idea, of what we're already proud of that we have achieved or have I guess, yeah, achieved or done or something. What are we proud of for ourselves in 2021 so far? We're only 22 days in as of recording this. So, you know, you never know. What do you got, Haley? So
1: I'm proud that I actually got my Spanish materials out and started learning again. I do not remember everything that I learned in high school at all. But it's starting to click and come back a little more. So that's a good thing. I'm learning... I'm proud of myself for actually starting to learn Spanish, even though I can basically speak at a kindergarten reading level right now. Nice. What about you, Delty Poo?
0: I think I've got two that I'm proud of so far for the year of 2021. One's going to be podcast related and one is personal related. We're going to start with the personal related, which is after this episode comes out the following Wednesday, I finally get my vasectomy. We We're can, doing it.
1: We can be the childless rich aunt and uncle. At least we can be the childless aunt and uncle. We're working on the rich.
0: <laughs> the rich part's gonna come at a much more difficult to get there, I feel like. <laughs> We're gonna get there
1: slowly but surely, man.
0: But yes, had consultation, have appointments set up. We'll go Wednesday, get the snip snap, snip, snap, and a couple days off work to just lounge, prop my feet up, kick back, ice pack, and then I'm back at it again next Monday. And uh, we'll see how recovery goes over several weeks, but there we are. It's going to be an experience I've got to mentally prepare for. I have a feeling it's going to be like my tattoo. I have to prepare, knowing there's going to be pain and discomfort. But when you do, it kind of end up being like, oh, it's not as bad as I thought. Yeah, that's what I have a feeling of. But I guess we're going to find out. Woo, woo. Then the podcast related proud, which you're probably listener much much more excited about or at least interested in, is we have finally successfully launched malthousegames.com
1: malthousegames m-a-l-t-h-a-u-s-g-a-m-e-s.com
0: yes malthousegames.com <laughs> Do you like that i did like that <laughs> uh we do officially have the https secured uh validation uh, i paid for that to make sure we have that on the website even though the logo doesn't seem to want to. it's always a broken logo but the link still takes you to tell you hey this ssl certification is good
1: We're not going to steal your social, (laughs) y'all.
0: We're not going to steal your email if you put it at the bottom of the screen. But we do have a website. It's essentially going to show you our most, the first page is going to be the homepage. It's our most recent content. It's basically going to be the most recent podcast episode, the most recent video we've done, and the most recent blog entry, because there is a blog page on there where we're going to be every once in a while writing something. You know, it's probably not going to be like written reviews or anything like that, but we're going to try to write different things here and there. Hopefully, they'll be entertaining.
1: HaleyThoughts.gov slash HaleyThoughts forward slash DeepThoughts.
0: Yes, it's exactly it, Creed. And then we have an about page that tells you a little bit about us and the podcast. We have a games page that lists every single game that we have covered, whether it be video or episode. now some of them, like our Halloween episodes where we had a top 10, I did not put those games in and link them all to that because I want it to be more of the games that we've covered the full game. I don't know why. I could always add those later, I guess. But for now, I'm doing it this way.
1: Yeah, so that we can have our full reviews on there.
0: Yes, that's what I want. Um, Sadly, there's no search function on there yet. But you can do Control-F, type in a game. And if we've covered it, it'll pop up. TBD. Exactly, TBD. Uh, Aside from that, we have the page with the podcast player that you can go through. But yes, I'm very happy with it. It's a little funky on mobile where you have to zoom out on every page. But that's because trying to make it work for mobile. I couldn't get it to cooperate correctly and actually make like a good looking website that works on desktop and mobile. So I kind of had to wing it and I'll get that all figured out in the future. But for now, it is active. Malthousegames.com. Very proud of the amount of time I've spent.
1: He's done a really good job. I've spent a lot
0: of time. I
1: know I'm biased because he's my sweetie and this is my podcast too, but I feel like he has done a wonderful job. So please go check it out this week. We will have lots of fun content for you to scroll through. And you can see our cute little faces.
0: That's true. You can.
1: See the pictures of the time we walked over to the Mexican food restaurant in the snowstorm.
0: Oh, down at the bottom of the about, I think. Yes. Yep. Speaking of the bottom of the about page, at least I think that's where it's at. Let's give a shout out to our awesome Patreon backers. Thank you to Allison, Alan, Jesse, Catherine, Jennifer, and Cliff for backing us on Patreon at a level in which you get a shout out on the podcast. Woo! Woo thanks guys they are helpful all of our podcast our podcast our patreon subscribers are very helpful to us and our podcast and improving we have plans for this year to make a few upgrades that I think are going to be critical I have yet to decide which comes first it can either be I'm going to state these on the podcast because I think it's fun to talk about and if anyone has a suggestion I can always take that new processor for the computer making editing easier especially when we had guests on uh, with three full tracks Around an hour a piece, audio and everything, having as many cuts as I did. I was having some issues getting things done. I believe a new processor would bump that because I already have 32 gigs of RAM. I think we'll be fine.
1: So we can have Alan on again.
0: We can have a bunch of people on again because I have many ideas of guests I want on the show. Woo! So there's new processor, uh, new cables for the microphones because I keep getting noise from them. I have confirmed a couple of the cables make noise. More expensive cables are more expensive, but they are also higher quality, will last longer, and will hopefully not do that. Or a new computer chair, because I sit in this chair a lot, editing content. You know, anytime we do any of our podcast recording, I'm in this chair. I like it. It's a good chair. However, I can tell I need something that's a little more ergonomic for my back and my butts. So, those are some options I'm considering. The processor seems to be leading as number one right now for me, but that's to come in the future.
1: Or we can blow it on Pokemon cards.
0: Let's not do that.
1: Why not? Episode 85, Pokemon cards with Malt House Games.
0: Oh, God. With that being said, I think that's going to be everything. I think we're going to wrap it up there because I've got some games to play online in nine minutes. And I think we did pretty good getting through Lisboa.
1: I think so. I was
0: surprised. Like, it's, it's a longer talk about the game. But at the same time, I thought it was going to be much longer. But I'm also not trying to explain every little detailed rule like I used to in the beginning.
1: Plus, I had a lot of complaints. So the more that you talk about, the more I have to complain about.
0: There you go. Yeah. Figured it out. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Malthouse Games podcast. Please give us a like, share, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you are listening because that helps us out. Be sure to hit us up on all social media at Malthouse Games. That is M-A-L-T-H-A-U-S games. You can find me personally at Delton Brack, D-E-L-T-O-N-B-R-A-C-K. You can find Haley at
1: S-Q-U-I-R-R-E-L-O-Y-G-E-E-K. That
0: is at Squirrely Geek. And then don't forget to check out the brand new H-T-T-P-S colon slash slash www.malthousegames.com
1: M-A-L-T-H-A-U-S H-A-U-S-G-A-M-E-S dot com.
0: You say that so weird. You're like the person at the bank. I call the <laughs> bank. Somebody I'm like, hey, you have that loan number. So our loan numbers are eight digits. How would you describe an eight digit number? Let's say it's one through eight. It's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. If you were reading it off to somebody, how would you do it?
1: One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight.
0: One, two, three, four. So you do in threes. I do one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight.
1: The mine's is like, raise, raise, ba-da. Yours is like. Woo!
0: Uh, one two three four but it, it generally for an example for our loan numbers it's like five five four seven five five four eight five five six three so it's like five five six three you know one 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 or five five eight two 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 five six and like that's how i do it and when people read them to me the way you do or something it throws me off so badly same with social security numbers. If you don't read me, three digits, two digits, and four digits, if you do some other weird shit, I'm thrown off.
1: So whenever you put your social security number on our totally secure website, make sure <laughs> that you- Don't,
0: don't. There is, not, <laughs> there is not a spot for a social. You can go to the bottom, and you can send us an email, leave your name, your email address, and whatever kind of message. It will go to our, our contact at malthousegames.com email, which you can also just send a normal email to and we will get it and be able to respond if need be.
1: Thank you to Hall's Games number one fan, Allison, for sending us our first message, and it was so sweet.
0: It was so sweet, so thank you very much, Allison. But yes, that wraps up the podcast. I've got gaming to do, which means I've got lights to set up to make sure that my camera looks okay. So be sure to like, share, and subscribe again, and uh, that's going to be everything. So until next time, sit back, relax, grab a drink, and play some games. We'll see you folks later. Tulu. Bye.